Good day and welcome to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, and it's just me for a quick introduction for our special interview today. The Cincy Slangin' Podcast was fortunate enough to be joined by the co-founder of The Athletic, Adam Hansman. Adam, for those who don't know him, is a Cincinnatian who grew up as a Cincinnati Bearcats basketball fan who also attended Notre Dame University for college, which makes Adam the perfect guest to help us preview the Notre Dame-Cincinnati football game on October 2nd. This conversation was a lot of fun. We talked about Adam's experience in founding The Athletic. We did a little bit of previewing of the Notre Dame-Cincinnati matchup. We relived some of the glory days for Cincinnati Bearcats basketball. And Hummer also threw out a great proposition for Adam, a bet of sorts, for who would do what in the event that Cincinnati or Notre Dame comes out victorious from this upcoming game. So without any further ado, let's get into it with our special guest, Adam Hansman. We are now joined by Adam Hansman co-founder of The Athletic. Adam, thank you for joining the Cincy Slang and Bearcat podcast today. Thanks for having me, Zach. I was just saying to you before we jumped on here and started recording that it's going to probably throw people off who are interested in the business side of the industry. They see the name Adam Hansman come across their feed and they're thinking, well, let's see what he's got to say about the founding of The Athletic, where they're taking it in the 2022 and beyond. But look, folks, Adam's on the podcast because he's a closet Cincinnati Bearcats basketball fan, maybe football. We're going to put him to the test here today and find out. And uh, we're going to have a little fun with you as our Notre Dame celebrity of the week uh, to chat with us about the upcoming game between Notre Dame and Cincinnati. So you ready to have some fun uh, reminiscing about the early 2000s Bearcat basketball team? Let's do it. Is this trivia? <laughs> it can be. We'll see where we'll, we'll see where it goes. But as we get into it here, for folks who aren't familiar with your work or, or who you are, maybe give us a little bit of a background about uh, your journey from, from Cincinnati, Ohio, to co-founder of The Athletic. What's All your right, elevator yeah. pitch? The elevator pitch. The Athletic, um, hopefully people have heard of, of us. Um, we, uh, you know, we're a sports media company, six years old, cover 200-plus teams, leagues, and clubs across the U.S., Canada, in the United Kingdom, um, one of the largest um, sports media companies, I guess, you know, started in the last couple of decades. Uh, we cover all Cincinnati sports, Reds, Bengals, Bearcats. We have uh, a lot of MLS, college basketball coverage beyond that. Um, we have over a million subscribers. That's pretty cool. So um, my journey was uh, grew up in Cincinnati, Green Township, went to uh, St. Xavier high school with yours, uh, with, with you, Zach, and, uh, went off to Notre Dame from there. So I am pretty, uh, conflicted heading into this weekend, I suppose, uh, grew up a hardcore Cincinnati Bearcats basketball fan, went to Notre Dame, obviously, uh, and have, have an allegiance there. And so this weekend is really is like, goes deep. There's layers. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I started the company six years ago, um, based in LA. Uh, we cover all Cincinnati sports. Please go to the athletic and subscribe. We, we have a great Notre Dame podcast. If you're from that side of the, 
the battle lines this weekend. Um, and we also cover UC very deeply with Justin Williams, who I think was the last guest on this podcast. Is that right? Yep. He was the last guest on the podcast. He broke the record for those wondering on most downloaded episode that we've had uh, in our short existence over the last two years. So look, everybody in Cincinnati knows and loves Justin Williams. And I was definitely going to make sure we dive into his work, actually, because I, I imagine as a Bearcats fan, you were probably following his beat a little bit over the past couple basketball seasons, I imagine. I mean, it's been an entertaining beat, the Cincinnati Bearcats uh follow that is so have you have you been following that have you been keeping up with justin's work i mean justin's the man first of all i have to tip my hat um i think he's he's the authority on on uc um obviously it's been with some of the you know the coaching turnover it's been sort of interesting um from my seat but justin you know covers it covers it really well um and, you know, has, has been very, you know, very well sourced and has done a lot of the reporting as, you know, the, the coaching change has kind of unfurled. So uh, I followed this. I, I can tell you, I can tell you, Zach, I, I can tell you where I was when I flipped off my my like score app and like went off to my afternoon in San Francisco when UC was up by about what, 20 points on Nevada in the, in the second half? Yes, yes. 22. It was 22 points, 22-point uh, lead with a little over 10 minutes to go. And I was like, okay, well, this is fine. So we're going to be okay. Um, and and things uh, things things went, went downwards from there. So, yeah, I, I still follow. Um, last couple of seasons have been weird with COVID, obviously, but – uh, still consider myself to be a, a pretty uh, allegiant UC basketball fan. Yeah, I, I mean, you are definitely still allegiant to the program. We haven't talked as much about it in recent years. Uh, now there hasn't been as much to talk about necessarily. It's been it's been darker times, uh, but that's all changing with the arrival of West Miller. But I, I am thinking back to it must have been 2011 or so, and I think the last game we we watched together was the Big East tournament. We were in the Big East at the time. Cincinnati versus Louisville, I want to say, semifinals of the Big East tournament, I believe. I'm hoping I'm getting that right. It might have been the finals, actually. Were we in New York? We were in New York City. This was the night before I proposed to my my now wife, actually. And uh, we we went to some some kind of hole-in-the-wall bar in New York City, caught the Big East tournament game. It might have actually been the finals, and we might have lost the game. I can't remember. I'm I'm blanking on the exact... uh, or what exactly happened, but that is the last time we watched a Bearcat basketball game in person together. That rings a bell. So we weren't at like MSG. We were in correct. We were Irish at a we were at a weird bar. Irish pub. Yes. And you had several Guinnesses, and I think that was more <laughs> less about the stress of the game, which didn't end well, and more about the stress of the next morning, which Yes. I think it was you going to Central Park and proposing to. It, yeah, it was. It was Central Park. Uh, you're putting it all out there. And uh, in typical Zach Coomer fashion, you know, I didn't exactly have the full plan hashed out. We just kind of wandered around the park and I said, I'll figure it out. It's going to happen somewhere in this park when the time is right. And uh, fortunately, <laughs> <laughs> fortunately, I pulled it off and uh, and here we are today. Um, but, yeah, tell me, you know, as getting your start, you're from Cincinnati, you're a Cincinnati Bearcats fan, obviously you're a Reds and Bengals fan as well. Um, is there, was there, are there folks you followed as a, as a young man or a child, like people you were reading that inspired you to eventually inevitably get into and start the athletic? Um, are there favorite, you know, players or, or coaches or teams that you, you think back on fondly, like who are your formative 
influences on the, on the sports front uh, from, from Cincinnati or otherwise. All right. I like that. So, you, you know, uh, like we're the same age, I think. And, you know, growing up like 96, 97, late nineties, mid late nineties, reds, Bengals, not really doing much. Right. So you're, my mom's a UC grad. So you're kind of, there's a gap there and UC basketball filled it and more with a lot of those mid and late nineties Huggins teams. Um, there were the years where there were, you know, the, the number one seed and, and obviously with Kenyon, that was, what was that? 90, 96, 98, uh, the, the senior season, 99, yeah. 2000, it was that season. 99, 2000. Yeah. yeah. But there were a lot of good teams in there. There were also a lot of like crushing losses, mostly, uh, <laughs> of the, of the crosstown variety. Um, but no, I mean, I think my, my, probably my favorite UC team, this will, you know, formative, I'm not sure, but that that team where it was um was Andy uh who's the coach Andy Kennedy the interim coach after Huggins departed obviously like it was Huggins teams were like the thing but that that Kennedy team and some of the teams around those years we were in high school together uh you know it was Eric Hicks I think there was a former like NFL player was it Connor Barwin um uh, was it Barwin yeah I think it might have been Barwin on that team it was uh Eric Hicks, you said, uh, Armin Kirkland, James White, Jihad Muhammad might have been on that team. He was one of my favorites. I, <laughs> he like sticks out. Um, I feel like I've like tried to be his Facebook friend at some point over the last 20 years. Jihad and that's, <laughs> and that's, a, that's a season two that ended in, in devastating fashion with like a runner from the top of the key by Jerry McNamara on Syracuse. Yes. That knocked the Bearcats out, I think, in the first round of the, of the Big East tournament again. And uh, and they were already a bubble team, and that was basically what knocked them off the bubble. And I think Syracuse went on to win the tournament or something crazy. Very I think they did win that year. Yeah. Very typical for uh, for the for the Cincinnati Bearcats. And so again, you've already hit on uh, that special season that Jerry McNamara shot. You've hit on Nevada. Uh, you've hit on Kenyon's senior season. Any other any other traumatizing memories you want to bring up for folks listening? I don't want to just bring up traumatizing memories. There was a there was I was I've I've been to one shootout. Um, I want to say it was 2004, 2005, and they won by at least 15 points. I'll have to basketball reference that one later, but, um, I, I remember there was a walk on, uh, you're going to, you're going to know it. Um, a Meeker? walk on the guy. John Meeker. <laughs> John Meeker. Yes. <laughs> I think I had a famed, John Meeker Jersey famed. What do you really? So that's the second John Meeker Jersey. I know about a uh, friend of the podcast. Andrew Prenovic is, is also he run, you'll find him running around Cincinnati in a John Meeker Jersey and it's signed exclusive. Wow. I mean, the fact he actually wears it and it's not hanging up to the, to inevitably sold on, on eBay is a shame, but yeah, Meeker's a legend and he's still and around, not he a was, plug, but I'm pretty sure like cook sporting goods store downtown, which would, would like stitch like names of players on the jerseys. And uh, I'm not sure what the NIL implications of that might be nowadays, but uh, I think that's where we got our Meeker Jersey. So yeah, that sounds about right. I think that's where everyone went. I, I can't. I don't even know if it's still open, but that is that is where folks went to for their for their custom goods. There you go. So one thing I did notice, um, I'll, I'll kind of keep it on the athletic here for a minute. My my new passion from a sports perspective is this, uh, and, and I'm guilty of, of falling in love with it through Netflix. But F1, Formula One racing, and I I think I went to your to the athletic app and 
and typed it in just before this interview, just out of curiosity. I was like, have they expanded into F1? Is that something that's on your radar? Do you have any sort of Formula One coverage at this point? So we don't. Um, we are international. We do have uh, significant Premier League coverage and just overall like international soccer coverage, which I'm, I know you appreciate. I do. Um, who's your club, by the way? Uh, you know, I've, I've got a I've got a bit of a relationship with Manchester City, which feels a bit I mean, it feels a bit off. It's just kind of rooting for the Yankees out there. But you know what? I'm, I'm stuck with Cincinnati teams here. So I figured if I'm going to adopt a team in England, I'm just going to adopt the one that spends a lot of money and wins. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So we, we, we don't cover F1. It's it's on our minds. Uh, we do cover motorsports here in the U.S. Um, that does really well for us. So um you know we've been we've been thinking a lot about it um we get that question all the time a lot from i think i, I saw a stat earlier more people uh watching the netflix show from the u.s than international now the uh, the f1 show so clearly like they've they've like hit a nerve and people are now waking up at four o'clock six o'clock eight o'clock in the morning on saturdays and sundays to watch and there's two grand prix here in the states next year i think so we are yep. we're going to be all over it um i love it that's a little bit of teasing i love it <laughs> there you go. I, I, I was wondering you know I, I know you guys were expanding international i know you've got a lot of coverage in england uh doing big things on the on the football front but with uh formula one growing the, the cover i think they're basically placating to america at this point and really pushing to grow it in the united states because of this netflix series so uh, there's your fan pro tip for, for an athletic subscriber who, who loves the content and is very much hooked on your website, mostly because of, of Justin and his coverage of the Bearcats. But there, there's it. a lot of other good stuff out there. Appreciate if, it. Um, if folks were going to venture, so if Cincinnati Bearcat folks are going to venture outside of the Justin Williams bubble uh, on the athletic, where's, you know, what's some coverage that's been inspiring to you? Like you're watching it from an entertainment standpoint, from a uniqueness standpoint in terms of the stories they're telling. Uh, what, what might other folks check, what might people check out on the, on the athletic? Yeah. So the cool thing for us, you know, we cover local teams and clubs, uh, obviously, including, including the Bearcats. Um, but we also pride ourselves. We've got pretty much year round coverage across, you know, every major sport. So in April, it's NFL draft. We've got unbelievable NFL draft coverage, Fast forward into the summer, it's the NBA playoffs, it's the finals. We've got, you know, national uh, insiders like Shams. Um, everyone Shams. should know, know Shams. We all know Shams. Breaking news. Um, the leader and... in the industry at this point, I believe. I think he, he's had a, he said quite the run. I think he's kind of taken over like leader in the industry in terms of breaking NBA news. My favorite thing is on, you know, on draft night. I think the ringer did this last year. They had like the tally of who... Uh, tip the picks <laughs> who tipped more picks was it Woj was it Shams and I think it was a pretty close race um I think Woj might have taken the second round off so I think we 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 did well there um but shout out to I think I think for NBA free agency even this like this late free agency they did in August I think Shams was like lightweight bodying Woj I don't know I don't know <laughs> if you can comment on that but like he was really taking taking the old man to task I mean, you know, the backstory, they, they've worked together in the past and, and obviously um, now competing as, you know, kind of the top newsbreakers. So it's 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 cool to see. Yeah. The, the other thing with Shams, people don't appreciate he he is an unbelievable teammate. Uh, we cover, I think, 25 or so of the other NBA teams. We don't have every team, but 
Um, Shams is, is so well connected. He, he works with all of our staff to, um, you know, just, you know, obviously report out as much, as much as we can. So, so we got, we, we have that, we have primarily coverage. We were all over, you know, with the euros, the summer, um, heartbreaking loss for England, uh, there at the end. Um, but we, we cover it all. I mean, if you're, you know, not just for the casual fan, but if you're really into, um, sports at a local or national level. Um, I think we do a pretty good job of, uh, being there for you. So what does your day-to-day look like these days? You're out in Los Angeles. Um, hopefully you're, you're seeing some level of normalcy back in your life. Like what is the, what does the life of Adam Hansman look like these days behind the scenes with the athletic, you know, have, maybe you've gotten into some hobbies outside of work, but even work related, like what's, what's the day look like for you these days? Yeah, honestly, it's being on Zoom like we are right now, uh, <laughs> just nonstop. But no, I mean, we so I moved here about a year ago. We've been able to get out and enjoy the city. It's, uh, you know, late September. It's it's nice. You know, things are fairly open here. Uh, been to Dodger Stadium a few times. So my first baseball game uh, post pandemic was was a uh, limited attendance Reds Dodgers game at Dodger Stadium. So when you come out next year, we'll be there. Um Love it. I was looking forward to Reds Dodgers wild card, and then things <laughs> oh, happened. You still torture um, yourself. You still torture yourself. This is it's hard to watch. Things happen, so uh, that's not going to happen. But um, no, LA is good. I mean, it's a lot of calls and meetings. Um, you know, we have a 650 person company at this point, so um, leading a company of that size is. You know, I, I wish I could say, you know, St. Xavier and, and, and Notre Dame prepared me for that. But but um, no, it's a challenge. It's fun, though. I mean, we, you know, working in sports and sports media is is a dream for me. You know, I was, you know, I was the editor of our high school paper. Um, the blueprint. So, Great coverage. You had a hell of a senior year. Uh, I don't think the paper has, has seen that type of high ever since or, or before. That was uh, that was a good run. You had you had some really good writers on staff. Shout out to Bobby Osmore. Uh, who, what, who, who are some other names from back in the day who were writing, writing for the Blueprint? The Blueprint. Andy uh, Brown. Uh, Andy uh, Brownfield, who is now actually writing, I think, in Cincinnati locally. I, I think he's at the Cincinnati. Is it the Business Journal or Business Courier? I believe you're right. I believe you're correct. So shout out to Andy. Shout out to to. I think I think he was going by Bobby Osmore at that time. Yep. And Steve Gardner was covering sports. We had Dave Hood on news. I mean, I haven't talked to these guys in in 15 years. Elite, elite. But it was sort of foreshadowing uh, what was to come for you. Who who would have thunk, you know, a few years later, you're you're disrupting the industry with the athletic back in, I think, 2016 or so. Uh, So it's, it's been quite the journey for you. Do you have any Cincinnati Reds takes or things that you just need you need to get off your chest right now? How are you feeling about the Cincinnati Reds these days? Are you on hashtag team sell the team for, for Bob Castellini? I'm not, I'm not into that. Like hashtag per se. I think, you know, this, I like this group of players. Um, September. I mean, what a disaster, you know, it is what it is, but like, you know, I saw the David bell extension. So when things go bad, here's what happens. I get on Slack and I start immediately slacking. See Trent Rosecrans or Reds reporter. And I'm sure he enjoys like on top of his, you know, obligations as a, you know, as a reporter that the founder of the company is like constantly in his ear. 
trying to figure out what's going on. And um, so that's my outlet. And, you know, no, I think the, the Reds, I think, you know, Nick Castellanos will, will he'll be out of there, but it's a good little core. Um, I just want to see him win a world series, like in my adult lifetime. I think that would be my take. <laughs> well, um, you know, you've hopefully got plenty of time to still see that, but you know, it's certainly not a guarantee. Um, I would have, I would have liked to see him get one more crack at the playoffs, like a real run at the playoffs for old Joey Votto, especially given the season he's having, but um, it's, it can never be the case. We're just, we're yeah. never, it's never going to break our way. That's just how it goes. I think so. I mean, the, the like stat on the Cincinnati team is not advancing in the postseason since whatever, you know, the 95 reds. Right. Um it's a weird filter because like Cincinnati teams have made the playoffs. Um, the Reds had three or four teams in the playoffs. The Bengals made, you know, Andy Dalton, Marvin Lewis. How many times did they make? Six or seven times. Couldn't win. They've been competitive teams. And Bearcats, same thing. Xavier has actually gone pretty far, but like getting to the top. So the cool thing for me as, as a founder of The Athletic, I sort of can see out like all these different fan bases basically <laughs> – feel the same way are they all living the same existence we just think ours is completely unique yes that's like that's like my like unique truth that i can i mean with the exception of you know boston sports fans tampa um, bay there's tampa yeah i mean everyone's pretty much miserable so yeah it's fandom that is fandom so we're gonna we're gonna quickly pause here Ryan Hummer was doing real work outside of this and, and couldn't make the interview or couldn't make the start, but he's joining us midstream. We'll pull him in here. Uh, an absolute wild card. The, the co-host of the slang and podcast, Adam, for in case you haven't met him before. Have you met Hummer before? We've yeah, definitely dude, we, used to, we used to play baseball. You've, yes. <laughs> you've definitely met before. So Hummer, welcome. Welcome to the Cincy slang and podcast. You get the normal introduction here, buddy. Really? From the back of an Uber. Oh, from back of an Uber. That's that's unique. Um, but yeah, Hummer, we were just having Adam. Uh, he was getting a chance to share some of his his frustrations with the Cincinnati Reds organization uh, and where his head's at with that. What we haven't really gotten a chance to dive into here is the upcoming uh, game with the Cincinnati Bearcats and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So, Adam, I ask you this. Uh, first off, are you heading to South Bend for this game? I'm going to be there uh flying out friday afternoon and into south bend friday night i'll be there saturday so for bearcat fans who haven't maybe attended a game at south bend before what does the experience look like i'm sure you've gone to several games uh from when you were a student maybe you've gone back since uh what's the tailgate scene like what's the the overall environment like uh tell me a bit about that that notre dame south bend experience yeah i mean it i think it is it's a classic you know, college football in America, Saturday in a small town, you know, I don't think it's, it's not over the top, like rowdy. Um, you know, there's a, there's a respect of the tradition of a school like Notre Dame with all the trappings of that. Um, the grotto touchdown, Jesus, uh, you know, the dorms like grilling out on the quad before the game, the March into the stadium. And so you have that, the tailgate scene is great. If you're if you're a UC fan going up to South Bend, a drive I've done many times in my life, um, you know it's not it's not going to be contentious. Like I, I expect, ND fans will be uh, very welcoming, um, and it's 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 you know 
it's like on a bucket list, like being at, being at ND stadium. So, you know, I think what's the capacity, 80, 84, 85,000, it'll be full. Um, UC fan, the, the, the visiting sections up in the, the far right corner away from the student section. So hopefully folks, uh, you know, have been able to get some tickets, but, um, I think it'll be a blast. Have you still been keeping kinda, up with the? You kind of sound like Brian Kelly a little bit there, you know, where it's like, well, you know, like you guys, you guys get to come to, you know, South Bend. You guys get to, to play Notre Dame. Like, you know, it's okay. It's a privilege, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Ryan, are you going to be there? Uh, I'm going to be in New York City with our friend Cameron Papp. I'm trying to talk him into going to one of the local Notre Dame bars. You know, I was like, look, we're playing away. We might as well go to a away environment. And plus, I don't know how they're house. I don't I don't know how this stuff works up there. You know, is it going to be on TV? Is it going to be on Peacock? Got to figure out who actually has the game. We're going to go NBC proper for this one. NBC proper. <laughs> no Peacock. We, we, we better be on NBC proper for this one. Have you so are you are you still following the team closely? Do you have uh, are, are you following the, the Shamrock podcast on the athletic? Are you listening to that? Are you following the writers there? What's what's your status with, with knowing the ins and outs of the Notre Dame football team? I, I think I'm pretty much up to speed. I don't know if like I'm putting my you know takes out there today. Like, who knows? But I mean, I think this is kind of a transition year. Um, obviously, <laughs> you know, we're, we're we're top 10 team, but like offensive line looking questionable, new do, new uh, defensive coordinator, um, new quarterback. Familiar. What's that? Well, we're familiar with the defensive coordinator. He was he was at Cincinnati last season. Marcus Freeman, someone we're, we we know and love dearly, uh, who decided to to take the same position that's sponsored by a certain family at Notre Dame this year. How has how has he been? How have people been receiving Marcus Freeman so far as the defensive coordinator of the Notre Dame football team? I think the average fan initially just was excited because they knew that that Marcus was recruited by like a bunch of other power five schools was LSU. One of those, um, I think, and it seemed like a home run hire. So people are excited and the recruiting, like the, the sort of the, the word on the street, you know, him as a recruiter was very positive. First couple of games were a little bit of a, like a, you know, question, um, almost, almost succumbing to, I think, Oh, and three Florida state. Right. Um, looked a lot better last weekend versus first Wisconsin. So I think we're, we're feeling okay now. Yeah, that's good. I did hear, you know, some national pundits sort of, uh, you know, making some comments about about Freeman's first couple of games with the Irish getting adjusted, getting acclimated to the roster and the players. Um, I, I can personally attest that that fans so far, my experience with Notre Dame fans, it's, it's basically you, Adam. And it's, it's someone who emailed me earlier today. Prior to the season, Hummer and I committed to having undefeated energy, big, thick energy throughout this entire 2021 season. We don't want it that normal you know, woe is me, Cincinnati attitude, the other shoe's going to drop and we're going to lose and, and everything's going to go to shit. That's not what this is. That's not the energy we wanted to bring to the season. So when we did our, our preview episode of sorts this week, uh, it, it elicited the following comment from, from a listener named Mark Rocha, who said, uh, you, but he said, but Holy Homer, you guys are talking like the Bearcats are 2020 Alabama, LOL. You have a damn good team, but wow. Should be a great game, and congrats in advance if you win. Um, it sounds like Hummer and I maybe have gone over over the top a little bit in terms of how confident we are heading into this game. No, you- no, we haven't. No, we haven't. <laughs> we are exactly where we deserve to be in terms of 
you know, hype, expectations, you know. Yeah, total homer. Don't care. <laughs> so you, Adam, as a Notre Dame fan, are you are you in a position where you feel really confident heading into this game where Cincinnati's got the best football team they've ever had, highest expectations, highest rankings early in, in the season? How do you feel with Cincinnati coming to town? So look, I think home field helps a lot. I think we've got some, some elite skill position guys, the defense looking better. I'm going to predict Notre Dame by field goal. Uh, just to put that out there. I think it's going to be a really close game. I will say like I did watch the Indiana game. Uh, maybe I'm like extrapolating a little bit off that first quarter, which was brutal, brutal, but uh, they did come back. You know, I will say this. If you see wins the game, uh, I'm, I'm rooting for Notre Dame, obviously, but like, I'm going to be happy for the cats because like, how often does a season like this come along? Notre Dame has been to the playoff. I hope we get back, to, you know, this year, but if I think if you see takes this game and they win out, which they should, you know, look at, look at Clemson, Oklahoma, all these teams are, are have lost or vulnerable. It's right there for UC if they can, if they can find a way to win this game. So you're not in the room where it happens per se, that would be, you know, the, the selection committee themselves, but you are close enough to that room where if the Bearcats pull this off, uh, you know, what kind of momentum can we get from the athletic and their national writers? Like, can we, you know, can we get a little more press on uh, a little more writing from, from Nicole Auerbeck to get her kind of uh, pushing the narrative, like, Hey, if the Bearcats beat Notre Dame at South Bend, this is a playoff team. This is a team where if they go undefeated, uh, no questions asked. The committee's got to do the right thing. I will say, I think a lot of college football media is ready for some of that, you know, some like different faces, different names in the mix. So I don't think you need, I don't think you need me pushing the pile, but I, I will also tell you our lead college football columnist, Stu Mandel is a Cincinnati native. So um, I think uh, the narrative will start uh right away saturday saturday evening if if the cats can do it well i have to ask where did Stu go to high school i have no idea it might be <laughs> i have no idea you don't have to know but it, it just felt like if you if you hear someone's from cincinnati i clearly have to do the right thing and, and ask the question i just needed to make sure it was on the record i think he was a xavier fan so but so he's, he's crazy are you currently in year 12 of of cheering for a brian kelly led team is that, is that how long it's been? It's been 12 years of Brian Kelly. He's now the winningest coach in, in Notre Dame history. Yeah, it's, it's season 11 or 12 and 106 official wins. There were some vacated wins in there. I don't agree with that. I don't know what the, <laughs> what that was about, but he's passed Rockney. Um, I used to work out at the Rockney gym on South quad uh, on Notre Dame's campus. Uh, you know, Kelly, I, Pete Sampson wrote a really good story. It was, you know, people, remember weird things about Brian Kelly It was the South Florida game where he was very upset with the quarterback. It was, um, you know, some of the losses, the very brutal losses in the playoff and the, the, you know, 2012 game, but you know, he's stuck, he stuck it out. And, and I mean, think about dozens of players have come through the program, gone pro um, and he's done an amazing job. So I'm, you know, I'm on the Kelly wagon, but, We'll see. We haven't gotten to the mountaintop yet. No, no championships. Uh, no He's championships. The, the Dan Marino of college football coaching. <laughs> there you go. That's that's a hell of a career, though. You know, I, I is he beloved by the Notre Dame fan base? Like, is he someone that everyone goes to bat for and just one hundred percent buys into, or is it a little bit like you know he's he does a really good job for us? 
no qualms, no hot seat, but do we, do we love him? Does he, is he, is he loved? I think the, uh, the smart money is he's done close to as good of a job as he could have done given some of the, you know, just the challenges of going up against like generational powerhouse, right? Like Alabama, Clemson more recently, OSU to an extent. And um, since that four and eight season, I forget which year it was, but he's, he hasn't really had a down year. So I think people are, are hoping that one of these years we catch lightning in a bottle. Um, we thought it was, we thought it was 2012 when, when Manti Teo wasn't that year, but you know, get to the top and, and he'll be, he'll be on the Mount Rushmore from there. I like it. I like it. So you know, we, we've got our own relationship with them. It's definitely a little more bittersweet, but he, he at the same time, did, did a, lot of, a lot of... Uh, there's no sweetness to it. It's all... There, there's some... There, if we're being fair, there's, a, there's some sweetness because he did do a lot to propel the program forward in a big way. I mean, and, think uh, about it. You guys, it was D'Antonio, Kelly, uh, what? Butch Jones. There Butch was Jones, Tommy Tuberville. Uh, he who Tommy, shall be named. <laughs> sitting he, U.S. Senator. Tommy who, Tommy who shall not be named. Tommy who should not be named. And then obviously fickle is, you know, very, seems very committed. You guys, it's big 12 is like happening. So couldn't like go back to when Kelly joined the, when, when would he start coaching 20, 2007, maybe for the Bearcats. Um, yeah. Yeah. That might have 2007 or eight, I think. Yeah. Or That's even the beginning right. of the D'Antonio era, like going from there to like where they are now sold out. I think, he was, hired, I think he was hired in December of six. That's right. Okay. You know, I think you're right. That's exactly right. There's plenty of, of praise and, and worthwhile praise of Brian Kelly. This was debated last year. It was hashed out when the, the 2019, I think was inducted into the Bearcats hall of fame. He came back for the game maybe a smattering of booze, but all in all people recognize that he was, he was an elite coach for us and did a lot of good here. And I think Hummer, you mentioned, I don't think he's leaving Cincinnati. If the, if the job, if the Notre Dame job opening didn't come by, I think that was a, a no brainer for him. I actually think that was, no, that was a bill. Is it Bill Kosh, Bill coach, Bill Coke. Uh, that was a piece by, that he wrote. That was discussing Brian Kelly. As you can see, him walking to my hotel room. Uh, that was a piece that he wrote back in for a book that was released in like 2010 talking about Kelly and, and Brian basically saying that his biggest regret was that how, how the news was released because he wanted to tell the players first. Basically for their, for their senior awards. So basically it was the, is the media. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Good old media. It's the media. So, Adam, you said you're predicting a field goal win. I'm going to – what's what's your final score then for the Cincinnati Bearcats-Notre Dame game? What, what are you going on the record with? We'll high scoring, low scoring? 24-21. Why not? 24-21. That's about where, where everyone's falling right now. All right. Well, I'll, I'll – uh, We'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. I'm excited about the game. I, I'm predicting an, a, a similar Bearcats win, not by a ton. I'm more in the line of of a 24-17-ish victory uh, for our beloved Cincinnati Bearcats this year. Did you? Well, I, wanted see, I wanted to see if we could get a little wager going on here. Ooh. Well, what do you have in mind? If the Bearcats win this game, Cooper and I would, would get lifetime subscriptions to the athletic. <laughs> and if the Notre Dame fighting Irish win, 
we will change the name of the podcast for a period of at least, I don't know, what, what would you like the terms to be on that one? For at least at least a week to, to the this? Fighting Irish podcast? You don't have to change the name. Just do like, I want like five ad reads in a row, like pumping subscriptions. <laughs> and that's a deal. And I'll pay for that myself. So that's not coming out of the, uh, out of the company. But you guys can get lifetime subs if, uh, if UC wins. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take, All right, so our, our, I'll take I that offer. It. So the bet is lifetime subscriptions to The Athletic for Hummer and I versus five-ish episodes. We'll, we'll figure out the exact number, but five-ish yeah. episodes of live ad reads for athletic for going to The Athletic and subscribing to, to The Athletic going forward. Boom. Let's do it. Deal. That's a, that's a bet. I like it. Well done, Hummer. You got us a deal there. Um, Adam, you've been generous with your time. I'm going to hit you with a few rapid fire questions here, um, to try and wrap up and put a bow on your Cincinnati Bearcat fandom, just to remind everybody how much you truly do love, uh, this program and that you do bleed red and black. It's true. And, and everyone should know it. And I just want to scream it from the mountaintops. Um, so to get, to get us started here in, in the non Kenyon Martin category, who is your favorite Cincinnati Bearcat basketball player of all time? I'm going to go Steve Logan. Okay. Why, why Steve Logan? Like what, what did you love about Steve Logan? I mean, this was pre the days of like just Jack and threes. Right. And he was, I think he was national player of the year. I mean, just like scrappy, like low to the ground, like bowling ball player um, post Kenyon, I think, and just could shoot the lights out of it. So it's a hell oh of a God. pick. It's a hell of a pick. And one of our calling cards has been the, the hashtag retire 22 calling card, because uh, that guy, that's a name I'd love to see in, in the fifth third arena rafters at some point. Agreed. Next question. Um, there was a, a game. I'm, I'm saying 2005 or 2006 Cincinnati Bearcats were facing off against the Kentucky Wildcats in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Jay Billis made an incredible call. During this game, I want you to I want to see if you can call back to what his call was about the Cincinnati Bearcats and the two players he was talking about when making this call. I think I can get most of this. He said they will dunk on your skulls. That was about Eric Hicks. And I don't know the other guy. Ooh, Who was it? Jason Maxiel. Well done. Oh, Max. Okay. Well done, sir. I'm impressed. Thanks. That's a good callback. That's a good callback. That's like my... You know, that's like the only that's like most memorable call of my sport, like life as a sports fan. I mean, you were, were calling you know, the whole back back. to each other. Yeah, that was that was something that we thoroughly enjoyed in the moment. And, and another game that the Bearcats did not pull out. and we, we ended up losing the game. Yeah, this is for this. is Let's talk about happy times, though. Let's let's talk about what is your happiest Cincinnati Bearcat basketball memory. Man, OK, Um you gotta you gotta wade through some stuff there to get to that. <laughs> you do, you do. I, I think I mentioned I was at a I think it was at an 0405 time frame shootout, and they they finally, I mean, they they won like one out of ten there in that stretch. And they I was up in the like top three rows at at fifth third or um shoemaker, and they finally won one. So I was live at a crosstown shootout home game that the cats actually won that I put that number one. 
that sounds like a good memory. And again, it's not, that's not the most common of happenings in this century, but hopefully we start turning that around with Wes Miller. This is a question that it's not really Bearcats focused, Bearcats specific, but I am wondering if you've ever had a player, you know, you're in a position of, you're in a leadership position with the athletic. Obviously, I think you said you had 600 something employees. Have you ever had to, have you ever had a, an experience with a writer or an employer, someone works for the athletic where they, they're maybe dragging a bit. You could tell they're just off their game. Uh, they're not really, they're not in a good headspace. Have you ever tried to motivate them by lighting one of their prior articles on fire and, and burning it and putting it in an urn? Have you ever done this before? <laughs> Wait, I think I missed the reference. Did, uh, was that like uh, punching a horse sort of thing? What's the... <laughs> oh, it's, it's more recent than that. It's much more recent. So this is one of the details that came out in, in Justin Williams' exhaustive reporting, oh, which was the fact that Jaron Cumberland, uh, I think, was struggling. It was, was it his junior year? Actually, it might have been his senior season. It, it must have been because he only played one year under John Brandon. So he's struggling in his senior season. And in, in, in an effort to get him motivated, get him back on track, sort of reset. He and John Brandon weren't really seeing eye to eye. Uh, John Brandon took Jaron Cumberland's stat sheet for the season, lit it on fire and put it in an urn and gave Jaron the urn as a way of saying like, let's, let's bury the hatchet and move on from here. So I didn't know if that was a leadership tactic that you've ever personally tried at the athletic. I've never tried that, but I will draw like a, try to draw an analogy here. If you think about it, like Bob Huggins, like, (laughs) like mid late nineties sort of coaching style versus like what works in 2021. There's, a version of that in corporate America too, if you, if you think about it, um, which is, you know, not just telling people what to do, but, but, but actually leading. So I don't know, that's kind of corny, but I think it, I think it works. Uh, still love hugs, but no, I, uh, we'll see. I, Wes Miller, I, I don't know the outlook. I mean, I saw some, I saw a big four-star commit last week or so. Um, Skillings is the name. Wow. Yes. Well done. Yeah. Daniel Skillings, four-star commit for the Bearcats is second uh, commit for the 22 class and fingers crossed Friday. Uh, there might be some more good news coming from, uh, from the likes of Josh Reed. It's and, like uh, when people are like, Oh, you know, NFL is better when the Cowboys are good. Well, I'm not sure about that, but college basketball is better when UC is, is, is good. That's the so lead of the pod. Do you, care if we take, do, you, do you care if we take that? And like, that's, that's going to be like the highlight of this. Like, you know, we're going to tag you all over Please. social media. Like the bear college basketball is better when the Bearcats are good. You heard it. CEO founder of the athletic. It must be true. Yep. Go for it. Fair use. We're on the record. Ship it. <laughs> Love it. All right, sir. Well, that, it's been it's been a good time chat, chatting with you, Adam, catching up with you. I appreciate the time, the generosity. Hummer, you, you didn't get to join us for most of this and the parts you did. You, it was some nice ambiance with Uber, uh, with it sounded like almost like a fire alarm in a hotel. I was actually bragging to Adam before the podcast. I'm not kidding about this, that we take pride in our audio quality and we really do our best to make th- make things sound good. And then this is the one episode that you're you're uh, sauntering through a hotel room and in an Uber for. So I appreciate Sometimes, that. Sometimes, you know, you got to work, man. You got, you got, you got to, you got to feed your kids. It's good yeah. to see you again, Ryan. And Zach, I don't even know if we explained it. Like you were my wedding. We were like, we were like UC blood brothers. This is correct. Yeah. So we, we are, we, we are. Both... We... Go ahead. Yeah. We, we go back as, as friends who, who kind of uh, bonded in high school over our, uh, 
cynicism for some things that we were experiencing during high school, but also uh, our love of, of uh, University of Cincinnati sports, basketball primarily, and also Conan O'Brien. So I would say those are sort of the, uh, the common thread of our friendship is sort of appreciations for those, <laughs> the, those three things. And it continues to today. And it continues to this day. So uh, there you go. I appreciate you uh, bringing it full circle, making your first appearance on the Cincy Slang and Bearcat podcast. And we will be in touch on the, uh, the nice wager we made for this upcoming game. All right. See you guys. Go Irish. Appreciate it, Adam. See you, buddy. Thank you. We are now joined by Gambling Sam. Sam Antics. Sam Elliott is back on the podcast to chat about the lines for this week for the biggest game in Cincinnati Bearcats football history. Biggest regular season game. Sam, thank you for hopping back on the Cincy Slang and Bearcat podcast. If the Bearcats win, it's 100% biggest game in school history. <laughs> if they lose, it's just another game. Except Whatever. not really because all of our hopes and dreams will yeah. be dashed and will be crushed and absolutely gutted in every other descriptor of pain you can, you can throw out there. Yeah, you see Twitter will be set afire. What do we even do the rest of the season? You know what? I'm not, we're not going to. This is a Sam, dark place. <laughs> yeah. Kick, kick the podcast off. Kick the segment we're off. Even to here. Win. We're winning this game. Jesus Christ. Kick the segment off here with, with some information about where we're at right now with some of the year long props as it pertains right. to our beloved Bearcats. All right. Not only is it just great to be back for the you know biggest game in school history, great to be back off the bye week, boys. Mr. Beautiful Faces. Look, things have been. That was probably the best bye week in Cincinnati football history. Like everything went our way. Vegas has given the Bearcats serious respect everywhere across the board, game by game, season long. Vegas is coming around. Desmond Ritter, Heisman odds, preseason plus five thousand. Right now, plus fifteen hundred. He's third behind the two big dogs. You got Matt Coral, Ole Miss, one fit plus one fifty. Bryce Young, Alabama, plus one eighty, and then it's Ritter, wow. plus fifteen hundred. But Des still, Ritter's at the ceremony. He's at the <laughs> Heisman ceremony. He's getting invited. Let's go. <laughs> he's on ESPN. He's dressed up. His mom's crying in the audience. This is beautiful. His beautiful baby daughter is in the crowd. Oh, I love this. Good news. That's great news. It's good to be back, boys. We're back. We're what back. Else, what, what else we got going on for the Bearcats? Okay, so the, the really wild thing, though, this Notre Dame line, you see Notre Dame. So pre-IU game, the look ahead had the Fighting Irish at minus two and a half. We beat IU. Notre Dame beats Purdue. So then going into this past weekend, going into the bye week, pre Notre Dame, Wisconsin, that had shifted ND only a one point favorite. So you could still, Bearcats were still an underdog. I had to get involved just so I could truthfully say I was on the Bearcats as an underdog. Um, <laughs> but what happens is the Bearcats chill at home all weekend. Notre Dame, quote unquote, blows out Wisconsin. More on that later. But when Vegas reopens this line, you see. Minus two, two and a half. We're sitting pretty firm at two and a half, but there's a rogue minus one and a half out there, you know, fan duel. But Vegas, serious respect. You know, they're seeing through that Notre Dame blowout. 
it's it's incredible to me. We were so cynical last week about the bye week and and what would happen and moving down in the rankings. But this is pretty unique that every other team seemed to, in Vegas's eyes, prove that they are not worthy, that they are frauds, that they are no better than the than than the seventh ranked Cincinnati Bearcats. That's amazing to me that Notre Dame has that type of victory, which if you watch the game wasn't as impressive yeah. as the final score, but again, they needed a, they needed a kickoff return, two pick sixes, and they still, you know, they scored the final 31 points, but only had 60 yards of offense in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And, and didn't Wisconsin, and, of. didn't Wisconsin put up tons of yards in that fourth quarter as well. I mean, they outgained them you know, dramatically. None of Notre Dame's wins have been impressive. Okay. They needed overtime to get by an awful Florida state team that went on to, you know, still hasn't won a game. Or, you know, they needed a last minute touchdown to beat Toledo at home. Sure, they beat Purdue by two touchdowns. And yes, they blew out Wisconsin. But that win, talk about a game, you know, closer than the score indicated. That was one of those. Wow. So it, it really is amazing. Think about, think about it. Let's set the scene. The year is 2021. It's October 2nd. The Cincinnati Bearcats football team is traveling to South Bend, Indiana to play wild a, already. The story is wild already. It's already wild to play a top 10 ranked Notre Dame football team. I repeat, Notre Dame football team, Notre Dame. This is, this hey, is I don't, I don't appreciate you putting Notre Dame on the pedestal that you are a la Brian Kelly. Okay. You can't deny the brand. We deserve to be playing Notre Dame, not getting to play Notre Dame. Okay. Let's take them off the pedestal for a little bit, okay? Let's just put them back down as a normal team, all right? You're ruining my scene because if you if I set that scene for you and then tell you, hey, hey, look at me, look at me, the Cincinnati Bearcats are going to be favored by two and a half in that game. Your mind explodes. There's blood and shrapnel everywhere. Um, I, I, I still can't wrap my head around the fact that we're favored by two and a half at Notre Dame in a top 10 matchup of undefeated teams. It's so beautiful. Very pretty. It's a very pretty scene indeed. Uh, I think the scene is set even more prettier uh, when, you know, like I said, we take Notre Dame off this pedestal that they just allow teams to, to be grace their presence. Uh, and then when they allow the said teams to grace their presence that they, they lose. So this is going to be one of those games where Notre Dame loses a la losing to Alabama fashion because, as we've heard earlier in this podcast, we're total homers and that you would think that the, we talk like the Bearcats are 2020 Alabama, which we are. So, you know, this is going to be a blowout. It's going to be a blowout. They're going to let the <laughs> linebackers eat this game, all right? My J. Sanders is going to have three sacks. Uh, Deshaun Pace is going to have an interception. Uh, sorry. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Beaver Beavers is just going to be wrecking havoc. It's just going to look, they're not even going to be able to throw the socks because they're not going to be able to pass off. Go's not going to get a pass off. The confidence is, is dripping from your forehead, Hummer. I, I love it. I respect it. Um, this is that big Homer fix. Takes. This is that big thick undefeated energy we talked about before the season. And I'm proud of you for bringing well, we, it to the pod. Well, we know Hummer's pick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we do. We do. So, our, so Sam, you know, set the scene for us. Let's all, let's all, you know, uh, attribute our units for the week. W- what are we picking this week? What, what's our over under? What's our line? 
Oh, are, there okay. any, are there any game props we should be looking at or talking about? How many, how about? many units do I have? How many units do I have the best? What's, what's the scoreboard? Yeah, where, where do we stand, Sam? Um, everybody has infinite units, units to play with. Just lots we of got, units. You, you have multiple units to play with. <laughs> I mean, what's the scoreboard here? I want to take all the units. Uh, no, Hummer, Hummer's, Hummer has the lead, the season lead at 3.6 units. Okay. Where, well, where, you know what's what? the full I'm standings? What am I at? I have, I have two. I have two, and you have one. Wow, things aren't going great. You, you guys 6. have a chance. You guys are going to have a chance to catch up because I'm putting all 3.6 units on the cats this week. Just to cover two and a half. <laughs> yeah, the win. I'm proud of you. I'm the proud win. of you. We're going to cover. I'm proud of you, Hummer. Love go it. big or go home. But, but let's Sam let's Sam lay out the, the stakes here. Like, what's the over under? What's They're the totals? The total the team totals. Over, sit over under sitting right at uh, 51. 50 and a half a few places, but fifty one. Um, but then, my my favorite my the apple of my eye at the moment, gentlemen, is the Cincinnati over. 26 and a half. That's not the apple of my eye. I see this. No. I see this as a low <laughs> no. scoring game. The apple can, of my eye. You can't score four touchdowns. The apple that's of my all we eye need is, is four under, touchdowns. To me, it's under 51. That's, that's what I'm loving right now, personally. And I, I am going to. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and say Bearcats are covering and I'm taking the under. Ooh, pull a parlay action. Yep. Put a half right. unit on each. If I only have a unit, put a half unit on each. What happens when I run out of units? Well, you, you have to take it. You have to take survive. <laughs> I, take <laughs> out a, I take out a second mortgage. I sell, I sell a, my wife's engagement ring. <laughs> you get. You, I don't you know, guys. Borrow. I'm. I'm kind of all over that. Bearcats over twenty six and a half. I think they take can manage. It. I love they that you manage. That. I think they can manage four touchdowns yeah it's just that's not the game script i see i'm just that's not the that's not the way i see it personally playing out but if it does play out that way sam i feel like we're all going to be in a very good mood that uh that saturday evening all right lock them in i'm locked in hummer's locked in sam's locked in what was your so you just went with the the team over for the bearcats yeah lock me in you don't feel confident we're going to cover this week oh we're gonna we're gonna win that's all that matters. Do we? Have, do we like, what is the punishment for if you run? You like? Do we have to like throw oh five dollars into a punishment bowl to buy another unit? No, no. It's imaginary. It's an imaginary unit. You can these go. Are, these you are can imaginary go into the red. pretend units. You can go into the red. You can go negative. <laughs> crawl your way out. All right. So you're negative. All right. Fair enough. So you're and negative. And you have to crawl. And yourself then I'll out. come. And then I'll fair come. Enough, cap, you know. Then I'll come. Whack your kneecaps when you don't pay me. They are a, a prop as a way to uh, give us permission to t- talk about gambling throughout the Bearcats football season. Absolutely. Sam, thanks for making the late appearance here tonight. Uh, we got a crazy weekend of football ahead. Biggest game in Cincinnati Bearcats football history is happening at 2.30 on Saturday. I'm geared up. Hummer's clearly geared up. Everything's tingly. I, I feel I feel aroused. I am I am excited for what's to come on Saturday. It'll be a wild weekend. Go Bearcats. Go Bearcats, boys.